I believe that veterans are the key to unlocking America's next golden age. By empowering and influencing one million veterans to transition well and become leaders in their communities, we can unlock our country's destiny and continue to change the world. My name is Bernard Bergen. I am talking with Jose Angel Contreras, who is an author, podcast host, who empowers millennials to increase their confidence and unlock their full potential. Jose hosts the Decoding Millennials podcast, where he has engaging and empowering conversations with millennials who are challenging the status quo and changing the world. So Jose, again, welcome to the show. Thank you for agreeing to be on the podcast. What I like for you to do just right at the top is tell people how to connect to your podcast, connect to your work and follow you on Instagram or your favorite social platform. Yes. Yeah. First, thank you for having me as a guest for your podcast. I truly appreciate it. So but the podcast is called Decoding Millennials Podcast, and you can follow me on Instagram at uh, DM underscore podcast, and you can subscribe to the podcast on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. I love it, man. Um, just some fan love. I, I am a fan of your show. <laughs> you know, <laughs> thank I you. love the short segments you do on Instagram. I think at times, as a host myself, we are always wondering who our fans really are. How do we get the content out? And, you know, like for me, I'm just like you, time constraints. So when you post things on your IG, it's so easy to consume it. And then some of the content so interesting that I go listen to the whole, you know, episode. So I think, you know, you're doing a great job at that. Thank you. I think I appreciate your words. All right. Well, we'll kick things off. And, you know, my first question, you know, I love to understand the space that you're in. So I love to, you know, check out your IG. I love scrolling back to post one. So I understand. Oh man, all the way back. <laughs> and, you know, I saw you placing roses on a Hollywood star. So I'd, I'd love to start there for you to just take some time to me what that meant to you, what it means continuously and what it means going forward. Yeah. So on uh, November of last year, I went to LA and during that time when I was there, Selena was given a star. Yeah. And Selena is la, la reina de, de Tejano music. So with Selena, when she first came out, it was like obviously something big yeah. and also something we can relate to. And she's like the Madonna for us. Right. So right. she is an amazing woman with such great music. And if she was still alive, she would be in a whole different world. And then, yeah. you know, so we as Latinos, we know we look up to her and also different cultures look up to her too for what she's done for music and also for her family and, her, and herself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, wow, wow. So. What was your responses to that post and what was some of the feedback and comments? Like for me, it, it hit me and resonated with me because I spent half my life in the Virgin Islands. So huge Puerto Rican influence. So, yeah. you know, anything with Selena is huge. Oh, of course. You know, it was iconic, you know, like yeah. life changing with her music, yeah. the family around her, everything. So it made me pause. And that's why I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah. And I think with that too, like, we you know, with Selena, anything with her, like it could be makeup, it can be music, it could be at the star, it can be yeah. a book. It's just that connection. Like I know so many people want to go out to LA and just see the star because obviously there's so many memories. Uh, a lot of people posted like candles and uh, right. magnets there and whatnot. And I, you know, for me, just also watching the movie, you know, so many times, there's like a line that stands out to me. And she says that, we got to be more Mexican than the Mexicans and more Americans than the Americans, both at the same time. And it's exhausting. And when she said that, I'm looking back to the movie and just like reflecting, it's so true. Because being, I'm first generation Latino and 
trying to balance that, it's hard because if I go to Mexico, they know that I'm American. They'll look at me differently. And over here, I was like, okay, I'm Latino. And it's like, I had to work harder because of this and this and that. It's like, man, if I do it, you know, it's wrong. If I do it wrong, it's wrong too. I get, I get judged. <laughs> wow. So I'm like, so we had to make sure we have that balance. Yeah. And for everybody, we can relate to that because she's a star. She was in a big stage mm-hmm. and she did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you have those conversations with friends or family, with um, people who look up to your work and you're helping them to understand that this duality is just a place that you have to master. And you've, you know, we have other stars who have pulled that off at a high level. What's some of the advice or what are some of the tips that you typically share about just mastering that duality? I think is that just keep on having those blinders because if you keep on listening to or trying to see what other people are doing, you're going to get distracted. As humans, you know, it's easy to get jealous. It's easy to get mad. We have to understand, well, you know, what principles are we following to making sure that we don't go left or right? Right, right. I love that. I love that. One of the things I love about your posts and just your, your social media is that you're not cookie cutter. You know, some no. people just try to filter to, oh, I'm just going to say nice thing. Yeah. Even yeah. though something crazy happened in the world today, I think you hit us with your truth and just a raw sentiment of the pulse of what I feel is like the millennial community. One of your posts that, again, resonated deeply with me is you said, be careful when you follow the masses. The M is silent. Yes. Why was that so important for millennials to understand right now? Because, we, you know, with social media, it's so easy to be like, oh, I want to be, be like her. I want to be like him and just follow. We need to understand who we are in order to get to where, where we want to be. Because if I just follow, for example, we know a lot of podcasters. If we follow that one big person and follow yeah. each step, that's, it's, we're already failed. Yeah, I agree. If I try to be a speaker, trying to be like E.T. or David Shands or, or whatnot, if I'm trying to, be, if trying to follow like the exact plan, I already failed. And to me, I don't like cookie cutter stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't like to be like everybody else. There's only one me and I got to make that happen. I was born on this earth to do something. I got to figure out that what that is. I need to unwrap my gift because what would have worked for you or for her or for him, whatever, that's their road. I had to learn how to deal with my deck of cards. Yeah. One of the things I love that you just said was that if we follow their blueprint to the letter, we mm-hmm. fail. something I always tell people. If you're training me and you say, hey, Bernard, just stand behind me and eventually you'll be your turn. I'm always going to be behind you mm-hmm. versus at some point you're like, huh, I can do this really well. Like you can do that really well, but I, I'm a master at this. Mm-hmm. And if you trust your heart, you trust the ability to turn your back on the crowd, then you can truly be a leader in your space. And one of the things I love reminding people is in order for a conductor to conduct the orchestra, he has to turn his back on the crowd. And for many of us, if we would do the same, like your post said, if we would remember not to follow the masses, we would mm-hmm. be right where we need to be. Exactly. But I think in social and just the current state of the world, yeah. everybody seems like they need to be up on everything versus yeah. just boldly saying, oh, I don't watch that show. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, exactly. Oh, exactly. Yeah. 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 And when you do that, like for me, I do that all the time because people talk about all these shows or the Kardashians. I was like, I don't got time for that. Yeah. If yeah, I yeah. do, if a big, if, if I do watch TV, it's like the walking dead, but that's that one hour and that's <laughs> it. But to be honest, I haven't watched that either because I'm putting so much time mm-hmm. on my dreams. I'm putting so much time on what I need to do. I'm not afraid to be like, I'm not doing that. Right. I'm not afraid to say when I get out of work, I'm still working. Yep. 
And I believe that's the pulse of the millennial community. And that's what I love about what you do, because you're finding the voices who say, look, yeah, I do work nine to five, but I also work five to nine. Mm, oh, yeah. And it's so interesting because a generation before that, uh, that's oh, just no. not what happened. Like, no. how are we supposed to watch the game? How are we supposed to spend an hour of quality TV time? Exactly. So, so it's exciting. So shifting back to your podcast, Decoded Millennials, who are some of the guests or any favorite guests that really in that conversation transformed your life or transformed the way you were thinking about a certain subject? or maybe even your opinions of how you were doing life. Yeah, I think, you know, all my guests had taught me something. And then the one that stands out when you ask that question is, uh, I believe, episode four, I think it was Stephen Beach. We're talking about how when you get to the next level, you got to just let people go. But the way she translated was that you had to, they can't go for that season. I have no problem being rude. Well, she put it in the perspective of like, in a nice way, because she's a nice person. Yeah. And... And to me, like I had to learn to like to let people like, hey, you know, at this time you can't go to the season because I'm working on something else. So that's that's something that she taught me is to really like not cut off people right away, but they can't come to the next season of your growth. And I'm like, oh, okay, I gotta be a little bit nicer. Man, that's profound because I'm kind of in between you (laughs) because I understand quickly, like you can't climb carrying dead weight. No. But when seasons change. You can't dress for winter wearing summer clothes. It's just no. how it works. Yeah. You know? So sometimes I'm just sharp. Like, look, this is as far as we go. Yeah. 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 That's true. And if we cross paths again, I'm happy to pick back up. But that means you would have had to continue on your journey as well. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that was powerful. I am talking with Jose Angel Contreras, the host of the podcast, The Coding Millennials. Um, you can follow him on IG at DM underscore podcast. Uh, Let him know I sent you. Trust me, you're going to be fascinated with his stuff, fascinated with his guests, and just fascinated by his post. Why, again, was podcasting such a unique fit for you? I think for me was uh, to... Actually, I'm new to podcasts, and I I knew other people are doing it. And for me, it's it's, it's my way to have that control. Mm. I know there's people out there doing like phone conferences, but I was like, mm, I don't like to be stuck to one day. It goes yeah. back to being the cookie cutter. I don't like that. Yeah. It scares me. So like with the podcast, if you coach me, I'm able to create what I want, um, make it happen. Yeah. So yeah. from there on, I'll build and go yeah. from there. Because if you said this is how it should be at uh, this time, every single day, I'm going to just like back off. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because as a creator myself, there's the balance of consistency versus the truth that the weather changes every day. Exactly. And at times without knowing it, the reason you're not gaining traction is you're so predictable. Mm-hmm. And I love that you, you shared that as well. Now, in your book, The Numbers Do Lie, you have a chapter entitled Failure Equals Success. Can you break that down for the listeners and what would happen if we don't embrace failure and the growth that comes with it? So with failure equals success, I had to learn that the hard way through my education because uh, I was always afraid of school. Well, because when it comes to grades or actually parent-teacher conference, because everybody knew my mom when it comes to parent-teacher conference, (laughs) but um, I failed third grade. In high school, I scored a very low on my ACT. The first time I scored a 15, uh, and the second time a 14. 
And when I got, came to college, I barely got in because of my grades. And then when I graduated college, I was kicking it, whatever, because I was like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to study criminal justice. All I need to do is just get my degree and that's it, blah, blah, blah. So I kicked it a lot. I'm also part of a fraternity as well, Omega Delta, uh, Delta Phi. So when I graduated, I signed up to be, you know, for the whole process to be a cop and I didn't get in. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Like I passed the, red, the written part. I passed the physical. There's one section I didn't pass. And I'm like, now what? Oh, well, what am I supposed to do now? And so I was scared because all my life I thought that it's supposed to be cookie cutter, mm-hmm. you know, and it didn't happen. And I got into the mental health field working there and I'm like, mm, this is not me. I don't like this. I was like, maybe I should go back to school. And that's when I realized that uh, I had to go back to earn my master's degree. And I went back oh, wow. and that I had to get in the hard way because of my GPA, which is a 2.3 GPA that I graduated from undergrad. I had to go in the hard way to get into the master's program. Okay. So, and then I have realized like, man, and I graduated with a 3.8 GPA, but I was like, if I didn't analyze what I did wrong, mm. if I didn't self-assess, mm. I would not be the person I am today. And like all that happened for a reason. And also like when I was in grad school, I'm like, man, school is easy. I just had to do the work. <laughs> wow. So grad school was way easier than... Oh undergrad was it the mindset then oh it was the mindset tremendously because i would there's some days i would schedule out my papers like i would give myself deadlines every single week if the paper was due may 5th i give myself deadlines every single week and go into the writing center to making sure that i was there i was completing it every week before the deadline okay okay wow that's powerful that's powerful now let me ask this because we definitely have undergrad in common i also majored in criminal justice. And I thought about continuing in that field as well, but I was always a bit forward-looking where, you know, the state of things are today. And I knew this was coming, you know, it's just a hot space right now. So I pivoted. As someone who decodes millennials, there is this hard line divide forming where some people are saying those degrees are not necessary at all. And others who are like, look, it's for a moment and season of your life. Mm-hmm. Spend the six years, spend the eight years, get whatever networking slash education layers you need, and then launch out into the deep of career because you have your, the rest of your life to build your career. Yeah. What side of the coin are you on or do you speak to both? What does that look like when you're having those conversations? You know, when it comes to degrees, man, like before, like, oh yeah, school is important. You know, you have to get your college degree. But to be honest, I'm like, you don't have to. Yeah. It, like I say that education is important. However, like n- not degrees, but information, mm. reading a book, mm. uh, learning a trade, surrounding yourself with the right people, that network. Right. And like for me, you know, like the reason I went back and it goes back to the quote of Selena, like we got to be more Mexican than the Mexicans and more Americans than the Americans. Because for example, there's people out right now who are in higher education, who have a high position, mm-hmm. who don't have a master's degree or a doctorate, but they just have a bachelor's. But if I have to go and apply for the job, like, oh, they don't have a master's, they don't have this and this and that, we can't hire them. And even if I have all the qualifications, you know? It's like, I have to make sure I have to work harder just in case. Like I have to have it as a backup. Yeah. 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 And then that, and that's how I see it. It's like, if I do get into an education, higher education, okay, I have my master's. Okay. I've done all the other things. I have this as a baggage to be like, look at, these are my, all my accomplishments. This is why I qualify for this position. Mm-hmm. And here's more because wow. also competing with other people, 
they just have a bachelor's. I'm like, wait a minute. They might pick that person because some other dumb reason mm. that I did all this. Because if you look in education, now I'm going to be real with you. If you look in education, you see more white people than you know, compared to minorities. And that's just the truth. And that's another thing too. Like I'm being real and then being transparent. I was like, wait a minute. I had to work a little bit harder to making sure that I have my degrees and everything lined up that I'm able to compete. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask this, because this is something I always like laugh at because I work in corporate and on most corporate sites, their homepages, what they show the public, it always speaks to diversity. Oh, however, (laughs) when you turn the page, you reflect on the demographic breakdown of the country with a skew, because as we clearly know, uh, the country has evolved. However, people still have pockets of hiring and pockets of promotions. Mm -hmm. Do you find the same in your walk? Do you find millennials talking about the same things where, yeah, they did the work. Yeah, they have the degrees. But as they approach entrepreneurship, as they approach corporate, as they approach their careers, they're still running into these areas where the diversity isn't there and it should be. Oh, all the time. And especially with millennials in the workforce, they're very outspoken. Because if we see something that we don't like, we're going to say it, you know, we're going to say something, or if not, we're going to create something or a business to make it happen. So it can be very diverse. There can be different changes, Uh, not just race, but also technology. There's some companies out there still working with a software, a program that they've used in 1980s or 90s. And we're like, wait a minute, we we can't do that. So we're like, "Uh uh-uh, we're going to change this. We're going to challenge this. If not, we're going to leave. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I think that's one of the powers of um, what you get to do and what you help to unpack is that you do have a voice, not only for social change, Mm -hmm. but for change period. And it's no longer trust the system, trust the process. They have your best interest in mind. So I think that's huge. Now let's talk personal development. Let's talk, um, you you briefly shared about self-education. You briefly shared about where you do see degrees as important if you are learning, if you're accessing the information and applying it. That is definitely a way to level up as well. When did you start your personal development journey? What does it mean to you? And would you be where you're at without that? that Yeah. So my personal development. So like I'm the youngest of four children. Since I'm the baby, you know, everything was given to me. Whatever I wanted, boom, it was there. And from the age zero to all the way to 25, I didn't think about personal development. Mm. At the age of 26, I got out of an unhealthy relationship, you know, I'm not saying that the person was bad, but we're just, we weren't right for each other. And after the breakup and I was like, what was I doing? What was I doing with her? Like I was just not wasting my time, but I wasn't really loving myself. Why wasn't in a relationship and putting her first and not me? Because, and I started to realize when I started to love myself, understand who I am, what are my weaknesses? What are my strengths? And who am I? I started to realize so many things about myself. From there on, I started to focus more on my health. Okay. I lost 60 pounds. And that's when I got more into, I took my running to the different level. I went running from an you know, 11-minute pace all the, way, all the way down to a seven-minute pace. So I was just like, boom, I was serious. Yeah. And then when I started to do that, I started to surround, I started to surround myself with, with people who are great runners, faster, stronger than me. And I was like, whoa, what is this? If I run with these people... I could start running just like them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Okay, so now I'm starting to hang around with people who eat healthy, who are not drinking beer. I'm like, whoa, my skin is like looking like bright now. It's, it's healthy. <laughs> and I'm like, hold up. So that's like the, the, the kickoff. 
that relationship, it was a blessing as well too. And I wouldn't change anything because of that relationship, that breakup, it just hit me like, wow, I had to love myself first Mm. in order to grow. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I love that you took the time to really talk about what kicked it off because Mm -hmm. I think at times people don't remember that the reason you're not doing it was X. I was having a conversation yesterday and I, I say, what makes it easy for me to continue to move forward is I remember, mm-hmm. you know, I oh, remember yeah. why. Oh, yeah. That moment, that person, that situation, that reason. So then there's no looking back. It's burning the ships. Now, you briefly touched on your running and you have a very interesting uh, marathon medal collection. What is next for you in that space? Are you going to be adding any medals in the near future or what's some of the big goals still in that space? Man, you know, I, I love running. I missed it. I miss it so much. But actually, I stopped running when I started grad school because in grad school, you don't have a life. You're just working and going to school, working, going to There's sometimes I even slept in the car so I can get a good nap before I do it, did my homework. So with running, it took a backseat. I put a big pause on it because yeah. my goal was to be, is to be an Ironman. But I was like, wait a minute. I can't do that right now. That's not the main focus. That's not what God wants me to do right now. I had to focus on myself nice. because in October 13, 2013, I got pulled out of a race wow. because my blood pressure dropped to, uh, it was very low to the point where it would be my last day. I reflected and I went to the doctor and they said, you're fine. Nothing's wrong. You're healthy. And I was like, then what happened? And then it, it kind of, I, I hit like kind of deep depression and I was like, I don't know what's going on. And that's like the day I asked God, like, what do you want me to do? So Mm -hmm. that changed for me Mm -hmm. that I had to, that goes along with personal development and taking my life to the next level. It says, I don't want you to run that race. I want you to run my race. Mm. And that race is that this master plan. And I was like, oh man, I was like, okay. And that's how I went back to school. And then like for me, running now is just um, preparing for my future family working hard for what I future generations of my family. That's what, that's what I'm working hard for. That's my marathon now. Yeah, that's yeah. what I want. That's that medal. You know, running is going to be there. It's a big part of my life. I will get back to it once everything kind of slows down, but I won't run any big races anytime soon. But uh, it has taught me a lot about life too. Okay. Okay. And I love that. And I love the perspective there because many of us without knowing it, we get caught up in the applause of the crowd as we are transforming publicly. Oh, yeah. And we never reset or find that quiet space to say, is this truly in alignment with what I'm hearing on the inside? And I think you touched on that. So I'd like to go a little bit deeper there. Yeah. I feel that millennials are very much in touch with that inner voice. What do you think allows this unique experience to be more highly prevalent with millennials than you would see even a generation before or even a generation after. Why do you think for millennials that has been a truth? I think because we've been more exposed now with social media. Like you can't keep up with social media. Not everything that you see on social media is not true. It's all fake. We're not all perfect. I'm not, there's sometimes I'll wear a hat for a reason because I don't know how to control my hair. Like I, this is the longest I have since I was a sophomore in high school. But it's just that, the things that we see in social media and also in public is like we take time to reflect of what who we are. I think there's some out there who see it, but rather continue to focus on the external mm. instead of the internal. Because the external is so easy to do. The internal, it takes time. Yeah. You really had to face the truth. 
and take time to understand who you are. Because a lot of people say, oh, I want that. I want to be an entrepreneur. I want this. I'm like, do you really? Mm -hmm. Or just like, oh, I need to pay off my student loans, whatever. But I'll go to the club and spend $300 on a whatever party and all that stuff. I'm like, damn, that could have gone to your loans, that payment. Like, do you really want to do that? Because people are trying to cover up and and make their outside look so amazing. And the inside, they're they're dying. Yeah. I would have fixed the inside instead of the outside. Yeah. Yeah. Powerful. Powerful. What do you see as one of the biggest side effects of uh, social media then in terms of the negative consequences, because some people say suicide, bullying, mm-hmm. things of that nature. But for your space and the conversations you get to have, what are some of the side effects that aren't as positive as the benefits? Well, yeah, and just stop. Uh, I think that comparing yourself to someone else and just stopping what you're trying to work towards to. Like someone might say, oh, they got a house, they have a family, they have this and this and that. Oh, I suck. Mm. I'm not able to get that. And they're trying to compete. Like I, that was me in my 20s. I'm like, wow. This person has their house, they have their business, they got their family and this and this and that. And I'm not even there yet. That hurt me. I'm hurting myself. I'm like, I'm never going to get there. I was supposed to be there already, but I'm not. Mm. But it's like, I think that's nothing that we, you know, the whole comparison is like, we can't do that. And I feel that a lot of people do that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Man. So this kind of throws a bucket wrench in my next question, <laughs> which is ultimately, which is your favorite social platform and why? Yeah, I think for me now is uh, Instagram and LinkedIn because of LinkedIn, I'm noticing now as a better connection to you know, a different audience. And with Instagram, there's more millennials there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if someone was thinking social and thinking about doubling down in social, spending more time building a personal brand or connecting with others, which one would you send them to first? I wouldn't send them anywhere. I would say do the homework, do the research. Because whatever you're selling, whatever you're doing, there's a different audience. Like Facebook has changed a lot. Facebook has become more of a family thing. (laughs) And it's like, oh, my mom's there. You know, so-and-so is there. I'm like, oh, great. So you need to understand how the platform is used and how are you able to leverage that for your business or whatever you're trying to sell. Right, right. That's powerful. That's powerful. So what about just social connections, would you recommend a specific platform for that? Or is Facebook the go-to if you're just going to be online for social connections? I think social connections just like Facebook. Well, obviously with Instagram, what I say is less drama because it's just, it's just pictures. Mm. So depending on kind of like how you want to communicate, whatever you're trying to post, you know, definitely like, because on Facebook, everybody puts their business up there. And then on, on Instagram, it's more pictures. Right, right. That makes sense. So let me ask you this. What can our listeners do, not just to connect with your brand, but to help with your brand, your brand mission, and the things that you're doing? Definitely subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. Follow me on IEG, uh, DM underscore podcast, and share the episodes. And it kind of goes back to like the whole people are more focused on the external than the internal. Because on my show, I talk about the real deal. Because how many people out there are suffering through uh, about their debt? student loans, mm-hmm. or financial crisis, or how to make a career change. I talk about the real deal that we're trying to deal with every single day that we don't talk about. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not here talking about drama or what's happening to the Kardashians or what's happening to so-and-so. I can care less about that because that's not helping me. They're making their money. Yeah. I want to make money. Yeah. Not just like to build myself. Right. That's what I want. Right. And I want to help people to bring value to what's really important is your personal life and your professional life. Yeah. Because that's, and so many people are so like, 
oh, I don't know what to do with this. I don't know who would I go to. I bring in people. I bring in stories, expertise, and resources. Like, hey, check this out. You might need this. Connect with this person. Right. So definitely share those stories because someone out there needs that information. Yeah. Yeah. One of the questions I always challenge people to ask, especially content creators, is not did you like an episode or which was your favorite episode, but who did you share it with? Mm. If you truly found value in it, you'd share yeah. it. That's true. That's true. Because, you know, at first I'm like, is anybody listening or is anybody sharing? And then all of a sudden, when I was being consistent and, and obviously working on my content, people were sending me messages like, oh, thank you for that message. Thank you for that episode. I needed it. I'm like, wow, that's all that matters. Yeah. It's all that matters right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. I love that. So again, if you are listening, make sure you subscribe to the Coded Millennials podcast. Make sure you share your favorite episode with someone that you care about, someone in your social circle. One of my favorites is the recent one you had on depression. You know, I was oh, strong, yeah. very strongly, I think not only was it heartfelt, but I think you helped strip away the macho from it. And, you know, like you, you have amazing stars like The Rock talking about, you know, his struggles as well. And, and I think people are still like, hush, like, ooh, we have problems when half the country's on anxiety medicine. Exactly. So I love that you took the time to have that conversation and truly put that out so people can truly start taking off the mask and getting the help that they need. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And it's just so true because we know, like I said, everybody's on medication and not, not everybody's open to talk about it, especially in the cultures. I'm like, wait a minute, that's just making it worse. Right. You can't do that. And that's why I posted that video, like in the black and Latino culture, you can't say anything because, yeah. you know, I was like, wait a minute, we can't do that. Especially with guys like, man, I've been through it. I was open with my mom and my siblings, whatever. It doesn't mean I'm crazy. It doesn't mean like everybody goes through something. And this goes back to so many years. Yeah. Yep. Everybody's going through something. No one's perfect. Yeah. The reason that matters so much right now is like, I always have a challenge to people and I say, what would happen if you stopped using all the drugs you're on? And of course, immediately they're like, oh, I don't use drugs. I'm like, I'm talking every medication prescription. I'm talking alcohol every night. If, mm -hmm. if that's your vice, I'm talking the extra food, not yeah. the food you need to live, but the extra food to feel good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, it just their eyes get big. And now it's like, you can see the war stare. I'm like, no, I'm just challenging you because I want you to know who you are. And if you're always on drugs, you're not always hearing who you really are. Exactly. You know, I thank you for that episode. I think that's a big step in just helping the conversation go viral and helping people heal because if they do, then they'll live their best life. Exactly. Exactly. I agree. So let me ask this, what big goals are you working on for this year? And, um, how did you come up with the goal? What does it look like? Where you're at with it? How can we continue to encourage you to, to keep performing at the high level that you are? Yeah. So recently I bought a MacBook Pro. I'm the first Apple product ever. I've been like Android for so many years and I have, I have a Surface Pro. So I transitioned to a MacBook. And my goal is to definitely bring my stories back to life a little bit more, like, like my guest stories to life and uh, learning to, to do more vlogs and to interview more people in Chicago and to really kind of do, do like a, a document about who they are. Because I wanted to, to really showcase my guests. They work so hard for who they are and what they're doing. They also you know, deserve and also great attention. That's something I plan on doing, doing more vlogs and also showing a different side of me. Uh, Chicago has so many festivals. So there's always something going on. 
I want to show them like what I go through to like, you know, the things that I eat, the places that we go to, my fiance and I go to because we do plan on doing that. And also my thing is do webinars. Definitely stay tuned for that because I have some ideas, you know, brainstorming in my head that I'm really to bring more value to the listeners and followers. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So definitely if you're listening and you enjoyed Jose, look for his vlog. And if you don't see it, you make sure you DM him and say, Jose, (laughs) (laughs) a vlog should be here. Because I think it's interesting how we teach people. One of the things I believe is that more is caught than taught. So the more you let people see, they learn by watching you do versus you're saying, do what I say. That's (laughs) true. Different. So I think oh yeah, oh yeah. An exciting part of your journey. I feel like a MacBook challenge right now. I did the opposite thing when I started my career at Microsoft. I was only on Apple products. And then when I started working for Microsoft, I switched to the Surface Book, then the uh, uh, Surface Book Pro. You know, I'm all on PC products right now. But I I just went back to an iPhone. I was on Android for a while. I just went back to an iPhone. It was. So it's exciting to hear you say that that's going to help you level up your your media. I'm wondering, was it just ultimately as you talk to other content creators or as you research that you just found that the gap in my process is? Yeah, definitely. Because everybody who I spoke to about, you know, their content, their creation and what they use, and they talked about the MacBook. And I'm like, oh man, I don't want to go over. I don't want to switch over to the dark side. And then like, I did my research and whatnot, and I was like, okay, I'm just, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it and jump in. I had an easy transition. I just got it a week ago, wow. and I love it. It's helped me. I'm also building my website as well, too. That's another thing that I'm learning on my own, building my website. Wow. I'm not trying to pay thousands of dollars. Like, no, I'm trying to save money, so I'm going to build my website. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, again, if you are listening and you're a fan of uh, Jose, and you can offer advice or help him with anything, you know, I think... A lot of times, content creators forget to tap into the rich tapestry of the listener skill set because what would take us maybe two, three hours, they're like, that's a five-minute project. If you can assist, if you can help out, if you can support Jose's journey and, and his content creation, reach out, help out, message someone who can uh, so he can continue to share his rich stories. Because I think the more that you're locked into the gifts that you have, telling amazing stories, hosting people, building platforms, showcasing just the world you live in and how you help people overcome, I think then things get richer. But if we're always behind the screens, you know, Mm because it takes longer to edit than it does to record, as we both know. So, So any help there is always welcome. As we prepare to close, I think we had a rich conversation of just who you are, your journey. And I've gone to watch your journey for a while now. So I'm, I'm so thankful and humble that you decided to join me for a conversation. But you know, I'd love for you to, again, tell the listeners how to connect with you, subscribe to your podcast, and also remind them to share your podcast. But don't forget to tell us what books you're reading, what podcasts you're listening to, and any parting words of wisdom as well. So the name of the podcast is Decoding Millennials Podcast, and you can uh, follow me on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, and social media. You can follow me on Instagram at DM underscore podcast. In the bio, it has all the links that you can subscribe to. Follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, on Twitter. So make sure you just go into the Instagram. It has all the information you need in the bio, in the link. So check it out there. You know, words of wisdom that I have is that 
whatever you're working on right now, it's going to be a process. It's not going to be easy. You're going to fail, which is okay. Because like I said before, failure equals success. And when you hit those roads and you hit those, like, those obstacles, analyze it, self-assess. It's there for a reason. It's there to teach you something. Mm-hmm. Don't look, don't get frustrated. Don't get sad because it's there. Embrace it. Yeah. It's going to level you up. It's going to transform you to where you need to be. If you feel nervous, it's a good thing. So yeah. make sure whatever you're going through, stay in your own lane, have those blinders. Yes, there's other people who are doing it better than you. Yes, there's other people who are in a different level. Who cares? You are you. But keep on moving forward because you'll learn as you grow. And don't go broke doing it. You know, mm-hmm. Don't try and buy every single little thing. Oh yeah. Just keep on, you know, take baby steps. You're going to get there. Be consistent. Being consistent has so much power. So embrace failure. Be consistent. And it's going to happen. Man, I love that. I love that. Thank you again, Jose, for you know, just carving out some time on a Saturday so we could have this conversation. Again, I love your work. Love what you're doing. I uh, can't wait to see you grow. And I'm going to be one of those DMing you about that vlog. So can't wait to see it. Thank you for having me. And thank you for this opportunity for sharing my story and my platform and to share with others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm always challenged by... Am I truly serving? And I, I find that your podcast always keeps me honest, you know, because at some point you can kind of hit your routine. Yeah. You know? But I, I see your post and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to do a depression episode. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think it's so necessary and important to yeah. have voices like yours out yeah. here just challenging yeah. how people see the world. And that's, that's the way I am, too. I'm professional, obviously, but at the same time, I'm very like, this is me. Like, I want to have a real conversation because it's needed. And then I was like, I'm very transparent. I want to be that way. And the more I do that, the more I also get to learn about myself and people get to know me a little bit more too. Wow. 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 Well, thank you again. I could keep you here all day, but I'm going to humbly wrap the show. Again, if you're not following Jose at DM underscore podcast on IG. Follow him, tag him in a, in a share. Let him know you heard him here first and that now you're a follower for life. Thanks again, Jose. Thank you. Have a great uh, Saturday, man. Uh, thank you, you too, man. Thank you.